0: So we were talking yesterday about the free trade agreement that New Zealand has struck with the EU, part of which means that uh, New Zealand made feta cheese, that was inverted commas, that you were listening to just then, uh, will no longer be able to be known as feta because it's part of the rules now. That's pretty much it, eh? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's like within, within nine years. Five years? There's at least three years before they have to change.
0: But even so, <laughs> we still need to get cracking early, right?
1: You, you want to lock down that name. That's one of those things exactly. that could just, you yeah. know, end up at the back of the filing cabinet if you don't get onto it sooner rather than later. So, yeah. as always, chuck something up on the old Instagram. Here are some of the suggestions you sent in. Almro Tyree, which is salty cheese Google translated into Greek, apparently. Wow. My pronunciation is probably terrible. Uh Greek salt. Greek salt. You'll like this crumble culture. Oh, I mean, like these are these these
0: are good. They're probably not going to work as a name for feta, though, right? Pop down to the supermarket to grab some crumble culture. What about just feta with two T's?
1: Well, someone said feta with a pH. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Technically correct. Best kind of
1: correct. Or best one. Cheesy McCheese face. Jeez, sorry, cheese, face. Yes, <laughs> I like that.
0: Yeah, let's get in touch with uh, NZ Trade and um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to that. Anyway, let's get to the show. Kia ora. this is Newsable. I'm Emil.
1: And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. Japan is planning to empty treated radioactive water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant into the Pacific Ocean soon. That sounds horrific, but apparently it's not as bad as it seems.
0: Also, the dawn raids were a dark spot on New Zealand history, so why wasn't a government apology enough to stop them happening again? And what is Immigration New Zealand going to do now?
1: Who knew Australia's Northern Territory had a feral donkey problem? We certainly didn't, and we're chatting to someone who's made it their mission to rehabilitate them.
0: And I am gonna read out some knock knock jokes, and Imogen is gonna be unimpressed. Ah,
1: they're my least favourite form of funny haha. We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our Mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support.
0: The UN's nuclear watchdog has given the go-ahead to Japan to dispose of more than a million litres of treated radioactive water from the tsunami-wrecked Fukushima nuclear plant, despite opposition from some nations in the Pacific.
1: China is protesting this, vowing to maintain a ban on some Japanese food imports, and South Korea has taken similar steps as well, and many Pacific nations are worried it could be environmentally catastrophic.
0: Now Japan argues the water will be safe, and in fact the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency, that very same UN nuclear watchdog, is here as part of an assurance tour of the region, trying its best to emphasise that this is going to be safe. Uh, So here is a bit of what Rafael Grossi
2: has to say. So immediately the question arises, well, are you going to be discharging radioactive water on the sea? Of course not. The idea is that this water is cleansed through processes and filtering, and this process is monitored so that whatever goes out does not have any harmful effect on the environment, on the water, the fish, the sediment, etc. But this is easier said than done. Many people do not believe that this is going to be done in this way. Many uh, believe that other ideas could have been explored. We, from the IEA, consider that the plan is consistent. But of course, it has to be done in a correct way.
1: But I feel like he would say that, right? Because his agency approved all of this. David Krofjeck is a professor of nuclear physics at the University of Auckland, and he's with us now to chat all about this. Kia ora, David.
2: Uh, Good day. Good day, both of you. Uh,
1: David, is this a bad idea?
2: No, actually, it's probably the least bad idea to get rid of uh, the water containing an enormous amount of tritium, a radioactive version of hydrogen, and... The really important part is that before they try to eliminate this water into the ocean, it is to filter out the nuclear fission products that came out of the destroyed Fukushima nuclear reactors. That is the important part, the actual nuclear fission products, because those are known links to cancer-causing diseases, various cancers. But tritium itself is naturally produced. It's happening right now, and we get thousands of grams of tritium per year into the ocean from radiation from outer space, hitting oxygen in the atmosphere and nitrogen, and it forms tritium. And it comes down in rain and it ends up in the ocean.
0: The fears here must be founded on on something. Like, tell us a bit about the the risks of tritium and radioactive substances entering an ocean ecosystem.
2: I think the fear here is the word radiation, where we're using the, radi- the term to refer to something that is demonstrably dangerous, the nuclear reactor uh, fission products. But tritium, even though it's the lowest energy possible type of radioactive decay that we know, and there is no, over the last 70 years of research, there is no empirical link between tritium as a cancer-causing Agent.
1: So, of course, quite a lot of seafood comes from the Pacific Ocean as well. I think the, the majority of our, the world's tuna comes from the Pacific. So, there should be no concerns.
2: Uh, there are embargoes on locally harvested seafood from the Fukushima fishery areas, just outside the port area there, and that has been annihilated the the, the fishing business there. But I would have no problem eating seafood that was caught from the North Pacific.
0: Is it kind of a situation where, like, you know, we can make this water safe. We have the technology, but it's that word, radiation, radioactive.
2: We should here make a difference between the nuclear fission products and this heavy hydrogen, tritium, and realize that the science says that the tritium is not going to be a deadly material in in the oceans. And it's not going to build up strongly in the food chain. And even if it does, the half-life inside your body is only about a week. So it's the word radiation and the words nuclear. And it's also a lack of trust, I think, from the local countries. I was on another program in Korea, and they were very distrustful of the Japanese scientists. And I tried to suggest maybe local scientists could be there in the presence while the water is being uh, filtered. They could actually bring home some samples to their various countries, and I'm thinking of Taiwan and South Korea and China, and have a a large collaboration in the filtering of the water to try to smooth over any kind of um, misinterpretations of the idea of radiation in the water.
1: David Krofczyk, thank you so much for your time and your explanation there.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show.
1: We're going to discuss the dawn raids in just a second, but let us know what you reckon about that yarn. Are you comfortable with treated radioactive water in the Pacific Ocean? I know uh, David Croftcheck just very clearly said it's going to be fine, but something still doesn't quite sit right with me. What do you reckon, Neil?
0: I know what you mean. It's the word radioactive, in it?
1: I just, I don't want it going in the water. Yeah. I just don't. But let us know what you think. Uh, get in touch on Instagram, search for Newsable NZ or send us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz.
0: Well, the Dawn Raids are something that has haunted the Pacific community in New Zealand since the 1970s. At the time... Officials used heavy-handed tactics to detain alleged overstayers, which included storming into homes in the early hours of the morning. Now, Jacinda Ardern apologised for the tactics in 2021, but it appears that We're Sorry did not translate into a ban on early morning visits. So there has been a special review of this practice, Mo, you've been reading up on this. Why was a review needed?
1: Well, like you said, the we're sorry didn't translate to a ban. It came to light earlier this year that officials hadn't, in fact, stopped calling on homes early in the day. Uh, a specific case was reported in the media where a Tonga national was visited while his family, including his children, were all asleep and they were all traumatised by the event. This sparked Outrage, naturally, from the community who felt the apology hadn't been sincere and memories of the past uh, resurfaced. Mike here in Casey was asked to look into what exactly was going on.
0: Okay, and so what did he find?
1: Well the big recommendation from this review suggests that the government should consider a law change to the Immigration Act to stop dawn raids on homes entirely or at least limit them to specific situations. It also says operating procedures should be updated so officers only use out-of-hours compliance visits and inverted commas as a last resort uh, because the impact on children and others living in those houses needs to be taken into to account. Alright, any response so far? The Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, or MB as we always prefer to say, says it'll continue its pause on the out-of-hour visits to homes by compliance officers in connection to deportation. Uh, MB says any decision to review or change the existing legislation is of course a matter for the government, but that it is already working on updating the operating procedures to reflect the government's Dawn Raid's apology which you would have hoped would have happened when the apology happened.
0: Now, in a minute, we are going to be chatting about finding jobs for feral donkeys in Australia.
1: Do they go on seek.co.nz?
0: Salary range, you know, (laughs) available on request. Uh, But if you're enjoying what you're hearing, do chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform, please. It helps other people to find us and it gives us that warm fuzzy, doesn't it?
1: Just like a donkey. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and
0: the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and, of course, everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories, too. Well, if we can make
1: them fit. We'll make time. Okay.
0: League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that.
1: You can listen through
0: stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals.
1: Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah we've gotta take them on a journey.
3: <laughs> oh the journey. Yeah, of course.
0: Emmo <laughs> do you well, we know that you have a favorite animal, but apart from bean, do you have a favorite genre of animal?
1: Donkey. <laughs> Didn't even need to think. Donkeys.
0: Right, okay. They're great. Yeah.
1: And you never see them as well. Like when you're driving around the country, you see cows, you see sheep. But then when you see a donkey, <laughs> it's so much more exciting.
0: Okay, so have you ever thought of donkeys as uh, potential guard animals?
1: No, <laughs> can't say that so a <laughs> spring I'm
0: guessing by that, that pregnant pause kind of answered that question for me, didn't it? Well, you may be interested in this because uh, farmers in the Hunter Valley in Australia have been using donkeys as guards for their stock. Might seem a bit incongruous, uh, that's because it is. So uh, <laughs> to tell us more, we are joined now by Brooke Purvis. Brooke runs Last Stop Donkey Program. Brooke, day. how you doing?
3: G'day guys, I'm good, how are you?
0: Very, very well, thank you. Tell us a bit about the program. What do you guys actually do?
3: Okay, so we get animals from the Northern Territory in Queensland. Up there, the donkeys are classified as feral, um, and they have to eradicate them because they eat all the prime livestock feed. So instead of them being aerial culled or trapped up there and used for baiting, we buy them off the farmers and bring them down to New South Wales, where we have a really horrible dog problem.
1: So talk to us about them being a stock guard and how do they do it?
3: So people don't really understand. Donkeys aren't guarding who they're in with. They're guarding their paddock. They're extremely paddock territorial. So even if say one of us was to walk through the paddock, they're just gonna come down for a look to see what it is. And this is where it catches many of the predators unaware because they just mosey on down um, you know, like there's no threat coming, and then they unleash their fury on whatever's in front of them that they deem should not be there. So I have seen them kill a wild pig, and I have seen them kill a dog, and it's pretty full on.
0: What, what are they doing? Are they are they kicking with their back legs, I'm guessing?
3: Wa-bam. Well, oh, no, they're actually with their front and their teeth, so... They just come down, like they rear up and then just pound down and they'll actually kneel on them with their front legs. They they do work as a pack, so it's like everyone's assigned a role. You'll see some of the older jennies at the back with all the foals. Um, It's like an army in a way. They've all got their roles and they do what they do. I like that.
0: The old folks at the back as well, like a general.
3: Like
0: Napoleon. (laughs) To me
3: it sounds like
1: security at an old school New York bar or something (laughs) like (laughs) that. Uh, so you repurpose, you give these donkeys a new purpose. Do all of them become guard donkeys or do you get some of them to become pets and go do do other things?
3: Yeah, well, to be honest, we watch them for about three to six months when we get them because they've all got very different personalities. Some will be cut out to be pets and some will be cut out to be guard animals. But not every donkey will make a good guard animal because, If their qualities show that they will, sometimes we put them in and they actually will kill what they're in with. So a lot of people don't understand they can't just grab a donkey and and put it in with their stock and everything's going to be rosy. It's just a bit of trial and error and donkeys do live for 40 years so, Hmm. you know, they're around for a while so if you put the hard yards in at the start, got something to help you out for a long while.
0: And I understand that actually some of your donkeys have have made their way into some of the local schools, Brooke.
3: Yeah, so West Wyalong High School over here actually have two donkeys because donkeys absolutely are pack animals and you're always better to have two together. So they've gone over there and they actually go through the halls, they go into assemblies, they're used in the therapeutic sessions with the counselling and they've just had some really good results.
0: Love your work, Brooke, uh, and great, great chicken in with you. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
3: No, thank you, guys.
0: I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues.
3: You don't want to be held to account well, no. on I, what? rising child
1: abuse no, numbers. You can manipulate crime
3: statistics.
0: I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattie about gotcha journalism. Hang
1: into the national parties. No tagline, no, no, right, but I what, think
3: Chris, that... it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction.
0: It, it, yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. That's, Nothing that's if in there. On. That sits with you perfectly. fine. That's what,
3: that's
0: what we're focused on.
3: Whatever
1: happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Okay, so um, if you are solely a listener to Newsable, you might not know this, but in addition to the oral pleasure that we serve up on the daily, we also have a newsletter, don't we, Emma?
1: We do indeed.
0: Last week in the newsletter, I told some listeners about a dream that I had where I was doing a stand-up comedy show at the Classic in Auckland. But before on stage, I realised that I had not prepped any material, and so I just got up there and I told knock-knock jokes, and I absolutely killed it. So I put out a call to readers to send me their best knock-knock jokes. And we offered a prize to the best one, a custom-made mug with a personalised haiku, which I will write for you.
1: I didn't enter the competition, damn
0: it. I, I, I'll, give, I'll give you a personalised haiku. Thank you. It won't be very long, but...
1: <laughs> is that a, is that anyway. a haiku joke? Because they're not very long?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah anyway. But uh, we got some in.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Go on.
0: Uh, okay, Marcel sent one in. My own... I guess that means tailor made. Maybe maybe myself invented this. What? My own goes like this: uh, knock knock. Who's there? Orta who?
1: who No, that was no. good. Yep, yep. Uh,
0: this one's from anonymous. Knock knock.
1: Who's here? Yoda Yodaladdy. lady. <laughs> Yoda <Yodaladdy-hoo>. lady <laughs> who?
0: This one. This one isn't technically a knock knock joke, but we'll, we'll finish on this one. Uh, did you hear about the person who invented the knock knock joke? Am I? No. Yeah. Yeah, they won the Nobel Prize.
1: <laughs> oh, no. No.
0: Dear, oh, dear.
1: <sighs> I mean,
0: this is less a reflection on our readers' sense of humour and more a reflection on the knock-knock joke as a format, I feel, you know?
1: Please never ask for knock-knock jokes again.
0: <laughs> we we'll send an email to the best one. and uh, Who was the
1: best one? What one was your favourite, though? Who's getting the mug? I like Nobel Prize.
0: Producer Philippa likes the Nobel Prize, so...
1: Yeah, it's got to be Nobel Prize. That's really great.
0: All right. Producer Philippa is in charge. She cracks the whip around here and she sees that Dave Turner... Shot, Dave. ...has won the personalised mug. So congratulations to you, Dave.
1: Nice.
0: That's Newsable for today. I'm Emil Donovan.
1: And I'm Imogen Wells. Goodbye. Hopefully to knock-knock jokes as well. Send us some other ones. This pod took time and resources to produce... Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more You'll also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read,
2: subscribe to the Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.